This is the SMQB's episode 10, made it to double digits, and it is a good one. We cover March Madness, we move up a level, sticking to round ball, and talk NBA trade deadline. We've got NFL free agency, a F1 preview, that's right, we cover Formula One, and then we do the punchable face of the week and a special announcement at the end. Check it out. Enjoy. SMQBs, this is episode 10, and you know what that means? Only 90 more episodes before everybody here gets their matching tattoo. Lots to talk about, lots to talk about this week, but perhaps the most important story we will cover is that the Eagles have solved their quarterback woes by locking in one Joe Flacco House, you must be so <laughs> you know, I just, excited. You, you will not be able to do this for another 90 episodes. <laughs> don't, don't, you, don't you worry. They're so confident in Joe that they just dropped their uh, draft pick by six yeah. places. There's every, just new content every week. It's every week. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the gift that keeps giving for sure. Uh, I love it. I love it. No, no. Seriously, though, we cannot start this episode without doing a little March mass madness. Rooster, take us away. What's going on? Well, the last time we uh, talked, we were live together during during the second round, and now we're all the way up to the Elite Eight. Uh, but I wanted to revisit some pretty awesome picks that you guys made yeah. uh, in the second round. We made awesome picks? There were some really horrible ones, but we're not going to focus on those. Okay. Uh, House picked Oral Roberts over Florida. And had picked them to get to the second round in the first place. So kudos to you, House. Talk about the Cinderella's 72-70 a loss to Arkansas. Hold on. Let me just say one thing before House talks. He would have picked anyone over Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But he picked them to get there in the first place to play. Right. And that was pretty impressive. I, I, I think it's a good story. We'll remember for a long time. They really could play. They really, really could play. And, uh, I think at the very end, they just ran out of gas in an Arkansas game. They hit Arkansas hit that killer shot on the baseline. But um, I think Max Asmus is in some conversation now. I really do. The guy can create his own shot. And they were a well-coached team. And it was a good Cinderella story is what March Madness is all about. Um, it's a good story. It's a really, really good one. Also, kudos to you, brother, on your uh, Villanova team. I mean, those guys, as I said, really represented the East well with dignity. I mean, they held the number one three-point shooting team in the country, Baylor, to two threes in the first half. And then Baylor sort of adapted and decided to pound it down low. And 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 Nova still hung with them until third quarter. They were ahead. I think they just kind of lost their cool after a couple of bad no-calls. Um, I, I and they played well. I, I thought they were going to pull it off at halftime. I mean... Boy, I, I think by seven. It, what's that? Yep, by seven and a half, and I think it shows Jay Wright can 
he really, really can coach. I mean, he, he's, he was miss, he's a damn good coach. He was missing some guys. They were playing. They were matching them D for D. They were out shooting them in the first half. But boy, oh boy, we'll talk more about Baylor in a little bit. But boy, those three guards and the way they can defend. They absolutely shut down everything Nova had to give in the second half. And, it, you know, it's it was, a, it was a good run. But I think you're, Nova ultimately lost to a team that's going to be in the finals, if not winning at all. Yeah, you, you don't see Arkansas having a chance against Baylor. No shot. That Baylor team is the best defense I've seen in a long, long time. Davion Mitchell could write his own ticket just for his defense. That defense is suffocating. All right, I'm going to move on to Milk. Kudos yes. to you, brother Milk. You <laughs> said watch out for Florida State. Uh, uh, and they, they went on and won. They beat Colorado. We all had Colorado. I was afraid oh. that I was afraid your son was going to be not only a Yankees fan, but a Knowles fan. If they <laughs> how, how painful, how painful is it for you to say, watch out for Florida state it, as a, as a, this look as a Gator fan. And one of the things that I enjoy doing is keeping an eye on Florida state and reminding all of my Florida state friends when they actually lose. So, I follow Florida State just to make sure that they're losing games. So I knew that they were unfortunately a pretty good team, but I will say I immensely, and look, no offense to you, Bison, we weren't really that sure on Colorado, right? Like they, I know they beat Georgetown, but was I mean, I I was all in on Colorado. I'll admit it. Colorado looked pretty good. I mean, we did against a probably a bad basketball team that caught fire in, a, in the Big East tournament. I don't know if I'd say bad. I mean, I hear what your, your point is, but I, I wouldn't say bad. I mean, not bad. They just shot their wad in the Big East. tournament. Yeah. I think it was more there's an adrenaline. That. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say it was very pleasurable yesterday. Very, very pleasurable. <laughs> No, I just want to make sure. State. I just want to make sure you're talking about the Florida State game. Yeah, yeah. Was, it, too, it, was, it was almost the same for me. <laughs> it, their asses kicked by Michigan. I mean, that was a that was a beating. Wasn't a fair fight. It was. It they, no, they did get it down in the second to to I think within eight at some point, and that's the closest I think they got. Um, but uh, Michigan looks. I, I was kind of critical. I certainly didn't have Michigan going to the final four. They look pretty good. Uh, and they've got a pretty, they've got a, all they have to do is get by UCLA. Who was, who, huh. who you know, they were, they were in a play in game a week and a half ago. So. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. UCLA was down five with a minute 29 left in regulation of Michigan state. And people were already writing their obit. And wondering if Cronin is uh, uh, past his time. So uh, quite a comeback by UCLA. Um, and, you know, if we're going to talk about the Pac-12 uh, between UCLA and USC, amazing stories, both of them. And then, of course, Oregon State. Guys, yeah. y'all realize if Oregon State wins, they'll be the first number 12 to go to the Final Four. And I don't put I it shot. past them. Don't put it shot. past them to beat Houston. Houston – They've looked good, but boy, you know, they are not tested. And Oregon State, what an amazing run. They were NIT, not in the tournament until they won the conference championship beating yeah. Oregon. Who was the who was the jerk who questioned whether Houston was a paper tiger? 
Oh, that was me. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, and, and they but they sure the stifled uh, Milk's Milk's pal, Buddy. What was his last name? Milk. Who? Bayheim. Buddy. Buddy. Bam. Boham. Buddy. Buddy. Boham. Listen, if if Syracuse had gotten through, I I don't know if I'd be sitting here right now. I mean, like you know, having to watch them as an eleven seed go to the the eight, I would that would have been too much for me to handle. Thank God we put an end to that madness. Yeah. Well, Bison, we, you had you had the West region when we started out. Can anybody even come close to stopping Gonzaga? No, I don't think so. I mean, I am pretty happy with my picks of Ohio over Virginia and uh, Kansas going out in in the first two rounds. I felt pretty good about and you about picked Creighton this. over Ohio, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I have Creighton over UCSB and Creighton over Ohio. Yeah, I had those. But yeah, I mean, look, pick. it's all window dressing. It's all you know, funny games. Gonzaga just. I mean, they just look so smooth. They do. Uh, everything they, they do. do. I mean, and, and Gonzaga can only beat itself. I mean, that's what the guys have been saying on CBS. Uh, they can play a B game and win, but USC, though, is on an amazing roll. I mean, they beat Kansas by 34, uh, Oregon by 16. They are suffocating defense. They've given up 29, 29, and 37% field goal percent percentage and they got the twin tower Mobley's with those hot shooting guards. I Gonzaga has not played a team like USC all year long. It's the one team that matches up best best in this tournament so far amongst the lower seeds. The one team Gonzaga does not want to play as USC with their size yeah. is the one team that matches best. Drew Timmy from uh from Dallas, uh the mustache guy is gonna have fits with the Mobley Towers. It, it's gonna be that could be the most interesting matchup of, of the Elite Eight games. For sure. The pontiff sounds like he knows what he's talking about, but let's hearken back <laughs> to the last time when he decided Uh-oh. he was going to swing for the fences for a little glory. <laughs> he swung for the fences for a little glory and went out on a limb and said, Wisconsin was going to beat who? Ew. 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 Oh. Ew. <laughs> Oops. What Ooh, happened wow. there? What happened there, Pope? He doesn't watch all basketball teams in Texas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that was uh, that was painful from a Big Ten standpoint, <laughs> as has everything else been except for Michigan. Right. Yeah. yeah we oh. think, you know, it, it's interesting to see. Um, uh, well, first of all, Michigan UCLA is just just the the history alone. I mean, that's what a great matchup to have that. But you know, it feels like all these um, upsets and all the craziness of the tournament. And I'm just looking back at the brackets and we, we have three number ones oh. s- still alive. Yeah. So the tournament is all going to even out. Nice. The, the yeah. first weekend's about fun. The second weekend's when it gets real, but I, you know, Pope was talking about this really good matchup. Here's a, here's a stat you'll like Pope on this Gonzaga USC matchup. Uh, Gonzaga was the number one field goal percentage shooting team all season long at 54.9%. And USC was the number three defensive team all season long at 38.7%. So, I mean, really, there's a good matchup here. USC knows how to stop offense. USC has size. I I would be surprised if Gonzaga blows USC out of the gym. I would be surprised. What about as, Michigan as, UCLA? As somebody what, said earlier, what's the that, call in Michigan UCLA. Hold on, what was you? What, well, what I was going to say is, as somebody said earlier, I, I think USC is going to give Gonzaga fits. Yeah. Is anyone predicting a USC win? No, no, 
No. Right. What about yes. UCLA? Who gives yes, them a shot again? Oh! Whoa, whoa, whoa. We have an upset call from Pope. He's going to go out on the ledge again. After falling <laughs> Pope still wants to make that call. He's going for it. He's gonna, eventually, he'll get one right. So, uh, so Gonzaga uh, by 30. Uh, Gonzaga, oh Gonzaga will win by 30. Is that what we're hearing? Exactly. Uh, They're screwed now. Yeah. So, Pope, you mentioned chalk. Do you guys know the actual physical reason for that term? The history behind the, the term chalk? I just oh. hope you tell us, Rooster, Professor. Come on, so you Rooster. Pope says it four times a episode. He has to know. <laughs> so I think when you put on the blackboard and you, you do the uh, seeds, the chalk is the number one. Well, think back to the movie The Sting. <laughs> I know you weren't born yet, Milk, but it was a good movie. Sting, what is you that? You remember the horse, <laughs> off-track horse betting parlor that they set up to to create the sting and this is before, you know, the digital screens. So they would they would put the horses by odds on the chalkboard, and as the number one odds, you know, the best odds horses kept moving to the top. By the time they got to the top, that name was covered in chalk. So the the team with the best percentage or the horse with the best percentages was covered in chalk, and that's where it comes from. Wow. Yes, Rooster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I was close. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Rock, hey, before we get off. to the before we get to the predictions, can we all be in a consensus to just give a good old rest in peace for the Big Ten, please, once and for all? <sighs> Adios, Big Ten. See well, Big Ten. Do we see UCLA having a chance tomorrow? No. <laughs> no, no, they don't. Oh, I don't know about that. I UCLA is on quite a roll, and I wouldn't want to play them. They didn't get stymied when Alabama hit that buzzer beater. I mean. They they responded well in overtime and they did it without their top scorer. So I I don't know. I, I think again, probably Michigan prevails, but I think UCLA will give them fits. That may have been the best game of the tournament. Which one? Alabama, UCLA. Well, but UCLA did get lucky. I mean, Alabama missed 14 free throws, including two shots to exactly go that's ahead the, from that's the, the tail of that game. Yeah, would have won the game. Yeah. Terrible free throw shooting. Terrible. Poor Barkley had to had to finally, uh, you know, eat his Alabama pick. You know, it was a cool stat that they showed that uh, that Michigan game. Did you see that Jawan Howard is the only person ever to both have played as a number one seed and coached as a number one seed? He is a great story. And by the way, if he wins it all, and I think it's unlikely that would be quite the candidate for Ted Lasso. That's a great story. That's oh, yeah. a story I like a lot. When he, were, when he yeah. was playing, he was not a guy that you ever heard mentioned as a future coach. You know, it's usually right. the gym rat mm. types they talk about like that. And this was a surprise to me anyway. He he seems like a really good coach. Yeah, he's, got his team, he's got his team playing well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until uh, next time, I think that wraps the March Madness. Well, are we going to well, well, make our final yeah. picks? Yeah, we gotta we gotta pick this because by the next time we meet, fellas, we're gonna be looking at the national championship game. So I, I think we need to go final four and who's gonna be in the finals, right? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Bison, who you got? Uh I'm taking Gonzaga and I'll go with UCLA just for oh. just for fun. Uh and I'm gonna go Oregon State and Baylor. Oh. Whoa. 
and we're going to get the matchup everybody thought we'd have, Gonzaga and Baylor. Are we picking a winner? I think we get to pick our winner next week. Yeah, I think we do that next week. All right. What about you, House? Yeah, I'm going with Pope's all chalk. I'm going with the Sting. I'm going Michigan, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston. And I got the same dream matchup in the final as Bison, Gonzaga, Baylor in the final. Too much Great power, too much defense. Yeah. I've got, uh, obviously now I'm wedded to it. I got I got the Trojans. <laughs> oh, boy. I got oh, Michigan. Boy. I got Michigan in a great football. Oh, wait a second. Basketball semifinal. And then I got Baylor and I and I got Oregon State there as Cinderella story. And hmm. I think Baylor and Michigan. And I think Baylor. Wow. But we'll wait. Interesting. We'll wait. We'll wait. Until Monday. Yeah, you get to make another yeah. upset pick next Monday, Pope. Yeah, it's a Texas team, guys. How you know? Come on, milk, <laughs> milk. Yeah, I'm I'm going actually the vigor, exact same as House, Baylor, Houston, Zags, Michigan. I I love Gonzaga. They're winning it all, and uh, uh, they'll play. They'll be Baylor in the final, and it'll end up being a final four with three ones and a two. It all evens out. I say all defense, no offense, maybe gets you to the Elite Eight, but not the Final Four. I'm picking Oregon State over Houston. Wow. Baylor, Gonzaga, and Michigan with Gonzaga and uh, Baylor in the finals. All right. Oregon State any, are, is, the, is the one upset. That could happen. Are any of you guys sniffing anything in all of the million polls that you've entered, NCAA pools that you've entered? Are any of you at, near any top oh, of yeah. any of these? I I'm haven't s- even yeah, looked. I'm, I'm, I'm sniffing, I'm sniffing the, the bottom. Yeah, the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If 455th place is sniffing the top. I yeah. might be doing all right in your pool, uh, Milk. Whatever the opposite of chalk yeah. is. Which is yeah, but we have Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough, they, rough, they, right, rough year. But you know what? They, those people, they didn't have that much fun if they picked one seeds all the way through. This yeah, is a lot right. more fun the way we did it. Yeah. So. All right, well, Bison, what's next? Well, let's, let's you know, stick with the round ball, but let's move up a level to the NBA. We had a little trade deadline, um, which, you know, it was an interesting trade deadline. The I think the, the big prize that everybody had been talking about didn't get moved, Kyle Lowry, uh, he didn't move, but teams made a lot of, of uh, really interesting um, moves. Let's, I mean, why don't we start with the Sixers since we've got a, an avid uh, Sixers fan here? How else did the Sixers do enough? It's a good question. I, I think, relatively speaking, if, if this were a one-year wonder that you have to go after it, I guess you mortgage everything and you go after Kyle Lowry because that is what they were asking where they were asking for both Matisse Tybel, they were asking for Tyrese Maxey, two young studs, and a first-round pick. I think that was too much for a guy who's long in the tooth and very, very expensive. So instead, they got George Hill, who's a really serviceable backup point guard. Um, In fact, sometimes he won't even back up. Sometimes he'll be on the court at the same time as Ben Simmons. Um, I'm not sure that they did enough I do know that locally here, folks are happy that they did not mortgage the future for Kyle Lowry. 
Uh, I think he had a great story in that run with the Toronto Raptors. He's popular here because he went to Villanova. He is a very, very good player. He's a great three-point shooter. He's a great defender. But he is, I think, 33, 34 years old. He's very expensive. I just don't know what the Raptors were thinking. I don't really understand the decision. Um, I think they end up getting nothing for him unless they're pot committed and now have to resign him as he's older. You're definitely not going to rebuild at that at, at that point. They moved on another really great young piece in Norm Powell. So once they moved Norm Powell, the Blazers, you might as well have moved Kyle Lowry, and they didn't. So I think for the Raptors, it was a loss. For the Sixers, was it a loss? I don't think so. I think George Hill was a nice move. I just we'll talk about in a second uh, about you know these buyouts. Why I don't think the Sixers will have done enough because I think the buyout thing is ridiculous. I, I, I continue to contend, House, that the Sixers, other than keeping Embiid healthy, don't need to do anything, and 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 are you should be lucky they didn't do too much because. I mean, your your backcourt's playing fine. You don't need to upset the apple cart. You just need Embiid to be healthy. George Hill is a nice guy off the bench, but man, he shouldn't be cutting into too much playing time of Tobias Harris or even Curry. Yeah, yeah. Do, do what's, well, how, what's the how word on the, that injury? What's the word on the Embiid injury, though? He, he's he's now fully uh, practicing. They just released an announcement yesterday. He's he's practicing uh, full movement, everything. I, th- I think he sees the court within the week. I mean, it seems to me like after the trade deadline, the Sixers and the Nets are on a collision course for the final. Would you agree, House? Yeah. Yeah. And- I mean, I, I, the Nets and the Sixers, for sure. I mean, I, I think the Bucks stayed put. The Celtics made a little bit of a move. Um, Gavin, getting Evan Fournier and Mo Wagner, but you know, see, I think I think, the, I think the Nets are guilty of doing too much. Although they like, added a bunch what? of slow old front court guys who are going to take whoa, whoa, time whoa, whoa, away whoa, whoa, from. Whoa. You talking about Lamarcus Aldridge? Better, Mr. Lamarcus Aldridge is is. How many points a game do you think he's scoring, Rooster? He was scoring about nineteen points a game for San Antonio, and they didn't want him anymore. Last year, he scored thirteen yeah. seven. This year. He is a he's a valuable chip to that championship piece. Can't re, he can't rebound and he doesn't play defense. He's a scorer only now, and the Nets don't need scoring; they need defense and rebounding. So you know, he's shaking his head. I'm not sure he's on board with you. No, because here's no. It's not that. I I I just got to skip to the conversation, guys. I am so. It's not just because the Sixers probably got hurt by it, but I am so sickened by this whole backdoor free agency. And what the Nets and the Lakers did, I, I really am. I, I think it's just a raw deal. Yeah. I, do you know that Andre Drummond? Andre Drummond just signed with the Lakers, right? Andre Drummond is scoring seventeen and a half points per game. He's rebounding thirteen and a half rebounds per game. He's twenty-seven years old. His his uh, salary for this year is twenty-eight million dollars. He signed for less than a million dollars to get his ring with the Lakers. That pisses me off. Yeah, and, and uh, this is just just breaking news. Uh, Jeff Teague is signing with the Bucks. Whatever. There's I another mean, one. So how how does that work? How how is the backdoor channel working? They have to clear waivers, don't they? They do not have to clear waivers. They're free they, agents. They, they they declare their own free agency. They basically say to their team, "I don't want to play for you anymore." Or the team says, "You know what? We're going youth movement, and we don't really have." 
space for you anymore. We're going with different people. And they say, well, get me out of here. And the team is happy. Remember, in the NBA, there's a luxury tax. Yeah, they, they so, want to get rid of the salary. Sure. They want to get rid of the salary. They want to get rid of the salary. So you've got so, Drummond and Aldridge and Griffin all moving on. And now I guess Teague. So, House, to your point, Griffin spent the whole season this year with Detroit not doing jack shit for them, acting like he was a decrepit old man. Friday night, the Nets play the Pistons, and Griffin in 20 minutes scores 17 points, and the Pistons fans were furious. Ridiculous. <laughs> Pope's, yeah. Pope's, 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 Pope's now in Brooklyn. Pope's now from Brooklyn. Yeah. Lay, I just like being right. I just like being right. <laughs> Being right. <laughs> oh my god! It was really uh, it was out on a limb, like USC making. <laughs> I know. All right. What about the Nuggets? I think the Nuggets made some nice moves. I think they did too. Yeah. Aaron Gordon's a stud. Yeah. Yep. That's they, the one that I marked and, down as as the biggest. Is probably you know it didn't. I, I don't think it got as much talk as some of the other things, including the the free agent uh, backdoor signings. But man, that's the one that I, the more I look at them, that stands out to me. It's like they just they just made a major upgrade, right? And, and so they got Portland. and they got Javal McGee, um, which is not doesn't sound huge, but they they lost Plumley, and they had no backup center who was any good. Yeah. So they've gotten better. They've gotten much better. Yeah, you Pope, you're right. You Portland Portland yeah. bulked up. Uh, you know, Denver did the Mavs main competition for the not playing in the tournament to get in the playoffs. But guys, the Mavs did strike gold though with one of my favorite players from so Duke. Now you're a Duke fan? JJ Redick. Oh yeah. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Ooh, that hurts. Oh. Where's he's going to get you, he's going to get you 17 a game and no defense, but he's going to make the most amazing three-pointers you've ever seen. That so. is that is just so painful from this Tar Heel to watch JJ Redick on my team now. Not sure uh, not sure how we're going to take this. Um, There've been it. a lot of good players on Dallas in the past. Yeah, uh, we try to get rid of them as quick as we can. More Tar Heels. <laughs> So, you know, you, you know, the, the move that I'm really curious to see how it turns out, I don't think it's going to go well, is Oladipo to Miami. Yep. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, you know, I don't see it. I don't think he has the explosiveness that he did. He's, you know, he's shooting horribly on his pull-up jumpers. I, I'm just not sure. Um that felt like a move to do something just because you had to do something and you weren't, they weren't going to get Lowry. So they went out and got Oladipo and, and maybe look, maybe he has, you know, fresh legs when he gets there and, and it's a revival of his career, but I don't know. I don't get that one. Maybe he'll pull a Blake Griffin. Yeah. If he does, well, the about, dangerous. About, about Rondo. Rondo's going to reincarnate himself once again. Well, that yeah, was so he was weird. Pretty, Rondo was pretty good for the Lakers uh, last year in the playoffs. He's he brings some toughness to the Clippers that they need. I kind of like that move. It's a smart move. Uh, how about the how about Houston though? Houston has nothing <laughs> left to show for the Harden deal. Everybody's gone. They've decided to go completely one hundred percent all in on the process. I mean, they're just tank beyond tank. And John Wall. Yeah, right. I feel sorry for John Wall. Whoa, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's just not yeah. fair. That's yeah. just not fair. I mean, it's one thing for the 
magic to have a complete yard sale. But when John Wall goes to Houston, that's not what he expected. Yeah, and and he looked good too. I mean, he's yeah. been playing really well. Unlike yeah. Oladipo, he looks like he's he's actually back to what he was. Hey, My Milk, point. what do you think? Milk, what do you think about NBA free agency? I think it's been one of the more exciting stories in sports. <laughs> Milk, are you I've under been, the table? What are you I've doing? Been, <laughs> Milk is so out of the screen. I mean, it's it's Milk, we out can't of the screen. He's out of conversation. It's yeah. really it's fitting. It's fitting. <laughs> I can't we tell were... how annoying it is that we don't have an NBA team here and have. But to you do. To you have one. You, you have, have one. one. Have you gone to any? Are games? they still here? I didn't yes, make... you still have Kyle yes. Lowry. That's what I, we're telling I, you. Yeah. Lowry. Yeah. And don't. By the way, don't the Raptors suck? They're okay. They yes. do because you never support them. Right, yeah, they have more support from the home team. There, I don't know if we have any Canadian listeners. We may have one or two, but you can't. Well, they, we used to. Yeah, we have one that doesn't know jack shit. We used to, and then Phelan offended them all. So right. we lost Unfortunately, them. we talked about hockey, and then we lost the one. Well, yeah. no, I mean, right. we insulted their beer. <laughs> uh, well. I mean, well, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder are stocking draft picks. Uh, guys have seen that. It's insane how many first-round picks they have in the next three years. Sounds like another franchise, maybe in a different league. Maybe the Celtics. It didn't years. work so well for Danny Ainge. Well, I'm, I think, thinking, I'm thinking the Eagles. Yeah, you um, know, I, I think that's a good point to turn there. But but before we do, you know, I think – I always think there's these tipping points, right, where, where where like strategies go a little too far, and the Thunder might be the the we went too far with all the picks because like like now what you know now what are you gonna do? And and I, it's a good segue, Pope, into the NFL because I think I want to talk about um, something that I think is changing in the NFL, but we really do first have to go to the Eagles <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Why? 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 <laughs> It's not that interesting. Oh, they still have, they really still have a top ten draft pick, right? They have not. No, they're, oh, no, 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 they're, 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 not they're twelve. Oh, no. that's right. Yeah. My apologies. My apologies. I mean, you guys could have gotten Mac Jones at I, two if you traded up. <laughs> I guess they didn't think Kyle Pitts was any good. So here's the thinking: uh, there was they get a first. They get a first round pick. They get a first round pick from Indianapolis if Carson Wentz plays seventy five percent of his snaps, which he will. And they yeah, get a first. Hard. They'll get a first round pick from. Sure about that. Dol- yeah, yeah, he's fine. And yeah, he's fine. And he's and they'll get a first round pick from the Dolphins. And you know what? I'm not so sure the Dolphins are going to be that great this year. I, I think that's still going to be a pretty high pick. Ooh. And they have their own. Then they have their own first round pick next year. And I think what they're thinking about is, and apparently the 2022 draft is already. You know, very deep. Number one, number two, it's going to be easier to evaluate because you're going to actually have a combine next year. You're going to have a regular college football season next year, and I think Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson are truly going to be in play for next year. And you know, if that's the if that's the way you want to go, so you give Jalen a year to see what he can do, and if not, you use your picks. That's the rationale for the fans like me. For most of us, we're sickened by this. Um, we had our designs on uh, Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith or Kyle Pitts. There's a chance that Devonta Smith is still there, but apparently um, nope. they're, they're, they're not 
they're eyeing a cornerback now from South Carolina. The, oh, Joe God. Horn's J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son. I saw a mock draft today that had Pitts going to the Eagles at twelve, which I yeah, I, I would be wow. shocked. But I oh my God, I would kiss. If he ball. falls to you at twelve, then that was a brilliant move. But you know well, what? I mean, I, I guess you. I mean, the Giants at eleven are not going to take Pitts, right, Rooster? Um, I wouldn't be so sure. I mean, the fans are clamoring for it because they they're so mad at Evan Engram for dropping passes all year long. Um, I think because the Giants. Really I think the Giants. Really I think the Giants have to take an edge rusher. I mean, I my heart tells me to take one of the one of the big wide receivers or pits. My head tells me we need an edge rush, rusher and something like Aziz Ojolari from Georgia or Whitey Pay from Michigan or Gregory Rousseau from Miami. That That's going to be a, you know, golf clap kind of pick by the fans, but it's probably the smart thing to do. But if, well, hey, if they're going to take defense, I mean, if Sertain is there at 10, they're yeah. going to take Dallas him. is going deep. Yeah. Dallas. So, yeah. So I want to talk about Dallas because have we, I don't think we've talked about the DAC contract, have we? We have no. not. Pope, what, I mean, I, I know people love Dak and there's a lot of excitement and, and he was playing great when he got hurt last year. Right. But, but what is the feeling on this contract? I mean, it's enormous. It is, but, but in a couple years or next off season, it's going to be three or four. I mean, he got paid market value. If, if you look at the quarterbacks that are, you know, getting money ahead of him, uh, Goff and uh, Russell Wilson. And so I just think that Jerry Jones was put in a corner and he didn't have a choice. He couldn't let Dak go to a second franchise tag because that's probably the end of Dak as a cowboy. And the only way Jerry knows, you know, you win Super Bowls is with a franchise elite quarterback and they are putting all their chips on Dak. I'm telling you what's killing the Cowboys now is Big fat Zeke's contract. That is the the whale, the albatross that's going to bring the Cooper Cowboys too. down. Cooper has a big contract too. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, but then we, why do you draft CD Lamb? CD Lamb is playing on his second year of his rookie contract. Right, but he if you got if you've got as you get, if you already have two uh, number one wide receivers, look, I'm. I'm aging offensive line. Why do you use that pick on another wide receiver? My issue is is Zeke's contract. That's the one that's going to be the problem, and that's why we're not going to be able to have the defense that we need. But right. Jerry, as far as Dak goes, Dak has always been, you know, a cowboy uh, since he's been here. He's done everything they've asked of him. He's been a role model. No off field issues. Um, you know, by all accounts, he's coming back from his injury. He's playing well and pre, you know, looking for mini camps and things like that. And it, it just, Jerry didn't have a choice. If he had let Dak go, um, the fandom would have been uh, up in arms even more so than they are now without 25 years without a Super Bowl. So I think it was the right move. I think he's a good quarterback. He's probably the best quarterback in the East. Um, well, that's, so I, I want to raise the biggest tallest pygmy or whatever. Yeah. So, well, so I mean, I, so I'm <laughs> sorry, I offended the pygmies. <laughs> There go the Canadians and the pygmies. They're out. Oh, so uh, we're never going to have any listeners. So, you know, I, 
I think the quarterback position is really interesting. When you sort of look at the way teams have given up on some guys right now, like the Eagles giving up on Wentz after giving him a big contract. Um, you look at the Niners, they've given up on, on Jimmy G, it seems. Right. Mac and, Jones. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well died, baby. and so you come around to, to Washington football team who I think has actually had a very smart free agency period. And I, I you start to wonder, are you going to see more teams? Look, there's only so many elite quarterbacks in the NFL. There's, you know, Tom Brady and, and Brady's on his way out. Aaron Rodgers. Um, you hear that milk? These guys, well, you might, Brady might Whatever. win another. Might, Brady yeah, might win another yeah. one, but right, he's, gonna be right. around for, he's probably playing for his last team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is there. You know, Breeze is gone now. So, Mahomes. do you see Mahomes is is obviously yeah, and and you know we could talk a little bit about Deshaun and Watson in a in a minute here, which is its own unique situation. I wonder if we've seen peak quarterback at this point on spending. Uh, are teams going to start cutting bait real quickly with guys? Are they going to start putting contracts together in a way where you can build a full roster? Uh, and until you can find that guy who's going to play on a, on a, you know, a, a rookie contract for a few years, I think it's going to be very interesting. Now the salary cap is going to go way I'm up. I was about to say, I, I got one word yeah. for you, Amazon. Yeah. The cap's going to go way up because of the new TV contract. So um, but I, I'm just really curious. I mean, teams are, are giving a lot of money to guys and finding out quickly that it wasn't wasn't the best. Look at Kirk Cousins in, in Minnesota. I mean, does anybody think that was a good contract? You uh, like that? At this point? Yeah, yeah you like right. You I like mean, but he I was know. never an elite quarterback. That was just not so Well, he got paid as one. Well, yeah, he got yeah. Doesn't, and, doesn't make him one. And was Jimmy G when he when he signed his contract, he hadn't done anything other than put pressure on Brady. So I right. I think what Washington did with Fitzmagic was for one year, 10 million bucks. Um, very, very smart with the defense that they have. They went out and they got a corner. They added uh, uh, Samuel to the, to the, I guess, I don't know if he's going to play in the slot. They signed another receiver now. Um, so there, I mean, their offense is going to be great. And they bring in a guy who's cheap for one year and really can you say that. great. Did you say the, great their offense? You said their I, offense is going to be great? I thought I said the defense is going to be great, but I think the no. offense is going to be great. No, you I don't. think the offense is going to be really good. Listen. With, with Fitzmagic? I, I, listen. Yeah. Listen. Oh. Let me tell you something. I do think that Washington was one of the winners in free agency, and mainly because of the kid that they picked up on defense, this guy, uh, William Jackson, who's a stud cornerback when yeah. you put him on the other side with Kendall Fuller. I mean – that I don't know how you score on this defense right now. They're that good of a defense. It's on the D-line and now in the secondary. So I don't think you have to put that many points up. And for that reason, it's okay that you have Fitzmagic, but he's an average quarterback. Quarterbacks win Super Bowls, and you're not going to win a Super Bowl by scoring 10 or 17 points. You have, an, you have a good wide receiver in Trace McLaurin. I think that Samuel's an interesting addition. I don't think... Gibson has arrived yet. I think he had a nice start. I don't think you have a tight end. I think you have an okay offense. You have a phenomenal defense. And I think that will maybe get you the playoffs, but you're not 
there yet. You're going to need a real quarterback. I don't think the NFL is going to change its paradigm. As long as people like Mahomes and Brady are and Rodgers are NFL Super Bowl quarterback MVP, or MVPs, I don't think they're changing well, the paradigm. Well, look, big but, contracts. But House, to that to that point, who is the next Breeze? Now that Breeze is retiring, who is the next? Rodgers doesn't. Rodgers doesn't. Justin A. Bear. Justin Herbert. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But the Buffalo I mean, quarterback. Kyle Allen. Yeah. Yep. 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 But uh, but to your point, Bison, none of those people were available this year. So the so Washington did, did what they could for a short term and didn't overpay. Right. Yep. Right. I just think you're going to see more teams doing that. I think these huge contracts where you get into them and then right away they cut bait on some of these guys. It's it's going to be an interesting trend. Speaking of overpaying, I I'm still happy with the Giants free free agent signings. I I know Kennedy, Kenny Galladay was hurt all last year, but they only guaranteed forty million. All the rest of that doesn't count. You know the the rest of that contract. It's only forty million guaranteed for four years. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good deal for a top ten wide receiver in this league. And they got themselves a good young twenty six year old starting cornerback, which allows them now to draft an edge rusher or maybe go wild on one of those. Superstar wide receivers. I think the things scary about the Giants is it's it's easy to forget what they look like when they have a guy named Saquon in the backfield after him being hurt last year. Yeah, that's right. Well, we don't know what he's going to be like yet. That's right. Right. But you know, he. he And Milk, how did y'all do? How did Champa do in uh, free agency? Well, we've re-signed the entire team. Yeah. First, uh, all returning starters. uh, First time since I think 1976. And you got, great at, you got an AARP the, discount on two of them, right? <laughs> it is it is the greatest of pain the ring. for me. It is the greatest of pain for me to it, concede that Tampa Bay won free agency by not did. even signing a player outside of their own organization. By the way, only, only one guy left, Antonio Brown, who we really, I mean, that was was, a late we addition. don't really need him, to be honest. Did, did anyone pick him up? Not yet. Does anyone want him? Uh, I mean, oh. I, I can't see a situation where he doesn't come back to Tampa. Please, please let There's the Eagles just... sign him. Please <laughs> let the Eagles sign him. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be amazing. He might need an emergency. He'll get into a fight yeah. with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. That would be I just awesome. don't see a situation where he doesn't. Brady's got to be on the phone with him saying, you're coming back here. You know it and I know it. Oh, what do you think of the, the Bears making the red rifle QB one day one of signing him. What do you think of that? He was your quarterback last year. Shocking. He does not have the, you know, a starting quarterback profile in the NFL anymore. Uh, He was a serviceable backup and he did actually pretty well once Dak went down, but you know, he was out for a little while because of code and and, uh, other issues. Um, (laughs) The bears aren't going to do very well you know, with, with the red rifle as their starting quarterback, they, they need to be looking right now for his replacement. That was a slap in the face to the, to Chicago fans. I mean, they really put them off that they were out after Russell Wilson and then they get Andy Dalton. I mean, I'd rather, and they they went all in on Trubisky. Remember, I mean, they, they Trubisky's better than Dalton Trubisky. And then they got, they got rid of him and brought Dalton in. We, we want. I want to cover two two more things with us with you guys on NFL, but we don't have a ton of time. So, in a sentence, just going around, 
What's the significance of the Deshaun Watson uh, lawsuits and uh, sexual harassment and assault allegations? Rooster? God, that's a tough one because I think I'm on record saying women don't usually make these kind of allegations um, for no reason, and I tend to believe the women. In this case, because of the uh, the attorney who brought the claims, I was I was questioning the credibility of them. But how many are we up to now? Twelve. I think it's nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, I mean, my God, out of control. Three more filed this morning. Oh, yeah, yeah but it's I, still all the same attorney. But nonetheless, nineteen separate women have the same story. What in the world is going on there? I I, I mean, is it just doesn't it just doesn't compute based on what you heard about this guy. And it just goes to t- to show you, um, to make a short story long, um, that <laughs> we don't know. We really think we know these players. We don't know a damn thing about them. Yeah, that's true. Milk, one sentence on Deshaun. What's the significance? I, I, I think it's, look, I with Rooster, I agree. If it had been one or two, I'd be like, yeah, this guy's, especially knowing this attorney, you know, and I'm just, I don't know him, but hearing some things from other people, a little suspect getting up to <laughs> 19, it's getting a little, uh, it's getting a little hard to, to justify. I mean, he, look, you're, you're what this guy is losing literally millions of dollars, like every hour. It seems like it, Pope? It's, it's sad. Well, I mean, it, if he had any illusions, he was going to get, traded to a team that he wanted to go to those. I mean, he's stuck with the Texans now. He is has mortgaged his future as far as that goes until this lawsuit is behind him. And even then, you know, he's damaged goods. Um, it's sad. It really is. But uh, I think his career is, is going to definitely be irreparably harmed. Yeah. House. Sadly. We're all going to forget about this the same way we forgot about Ray Rice and Ray Lewis. Once the courts take care of this, these women will get paid off by Deshaun Watson and his skill on the field and the sport of football will win out and he will return to being an elite quarterback and he'll probably end up having some kind of redemption story. I think it's news for now, but I think in the end he will, his career will not be irreparably harmed and he will remain an elite quarterback. Sadly, we don't know what the real story is. I fear that these stories are actually true, but money is going to resolve all this. You're such a cynic. You act like Kobe Bryant and Mike Tyson put rape allegations and one conviction behind them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, for whatever reason, I just feel like there's a big chapter in this story that we don't know yet. Uh, and, and I'm very curious to see uh, what, what else comes out and, and to follow this. And uh, I, I think there's, you know, some sort of surprise uh, that we're going to see that's going to, you know, it, it, either one way or the other, I don't know which way it's going to go, but I just feel like there's going to be more to this whole story that's going to really uh, blow the lid off of it at some point. All right, last thing on NFL, yes or no, you like it, you don't like it, adding a 17th game to the season, Rooster, good or bad for the NFL? Bad. Else? 
Bad. Milk. For fans, good. For the players, bad. Pope. Good. I am sick of seeing preseason games that nobody uh, puts their number one or two squad on. We're going to eliminate probably two preseason games. We get another full-fledged, you know, uh, NFL game that we can pick, we can bet on, that becomes part of the fantasy games. It's nothing but good for the fans. The owner's obviously going to do well, and we're done with the preseason uh, having to give a bunch of money to go see people at the go see football teams who are not putting a product on the field. What about well, you, Bison? Is that um, one or two words? I think it's um, good because I think just because they're playing these guys anyway in these preseason games, uh, they're, they're not eliminating a preseason game. It, like the number of times these players have to go out there and put themselves at risk was not any less before they added this game than it is now. Now it's just uh, an important, a more important game. So, but it's, it's not without you know, questions, I guess. And um, you have a wager, don't you, that you will win 10 games this year. And it may help you with that. I wager. do have that wager. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna, they, I added was the, they, added, they added the bills. That's not going to change anything. Right. Add the bills. <laughs> yeah. yeah I know. That's true. All right. We, we got, we got two things we got to hit. Um, and house, you're going to lead us into the, our, our discussion or at least intro to the season of F1 racing. Well, we'll keep it brief because there's going to be a lot more to talk about as the season goes. All we really want to say is for folks to watch F1. If you're looking for a diversion from the four major sports, start with Netflix Drive to Survive series. It's incredibly compelling. The footage is like you will not believe. There's a surprising amount of drama. It's not that hard to follow. There's 10 teams. There's two drivers per team. You only got to follow 20 people for a season long. They go to ridiculous locations, ridiculous tracks. It is incredible travel. And they have some really, really, and it's amazing how much athletic preparation these guys actually have to go through. And they have one of the world's stellar athletes in Lewis Hamilton, who is a seven-time world champion in the sport. A good guy is doing amazing things to end racism in society and sports. He, he's on the Mercedes team. And it's just a fun watch each Sunday morning. It's two hours, no commercials. You should check it out. We're all into it. We have a great Our time. Our into it. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a blast. My what's wife the, loves it. House, what's the Netflix show people can watch? Drive to Survive. It's and like it's, now, it's like a soap opera for sports junkies. You have, there are yeah. deep drivers you love to love, and there are drivers you love to hate. It's like our version of Below Deck. Yeah. And you know what? It's fun. The rhythm of the races is fun with, you know, the Friday is practice day. Saturday, you have qualifying. You can watch the qualifying. And then Sunday's the race. And House, like you said, it's Sunday morning. And really, they're two-hour commitments. And from the start, with, you know, you mix in a crash here and there, that two hours goes by. It is really riveting riveting action-packed sports it might be you know it's really one of the few sports where if you look away you could miss something that changes the entire race 
just for and just for I, two minutes. Well, can I say one of my favorite things in sports, if it's ever available, is the in-game conversation. You know, you come back from a commercial and then they say, oh, this is what the NBA player said, or you watch later in the week on the NFL Network. The best thing about F1 is they have the, the coverage. Yeah, the announcers and what the drivers are saying in the middle of the race. And yeah. so they've got this one bad boy named Max Verstappen Max, who races for – Yeah, yeah, who races for Red Bull, and he's always cursing and yelling at his own team. It's it's really fun. There's nothing funnier than a British announcer or a Scottish announcer. But the SMQBs have so much fun with this that we watch this together and and uh, have a have a bet on it every week so we pick our own, we pick teams each week and it's it's really a lot of fun i mean what if you're going to watch anything of it watch the first lap because yeah. carnage yes is almost all the time and you know there's spin outs people are cutting each other off and to listen to the announcer just go nuts once he goes lights out it is just a, it's a crazy two minutes i'm just telling you guys but what i think is going to be really interesting this year is the Christian Warner Red Bull versus Toto Wolf with Mercedes. Uh, what a, what fun that's going to be to watch that on a weekly basis because Red Bull this year might even have an edge on Mercedes. Not to get too much into the weeds, but start watching now and you'll see it develop next time, three weeks in, in Italy. Uh, can't wait. Yes, you, go ahead. If you like the idea of watching a awesome car race like off the back of the bow of a $20 million yacht in Monaco, then you're going to like this. Yeah. And who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. And, and so we're, we're a weekend. We had the first race of the season was this past Sunday. It was an unbelievable race, unbelievable ending uh, to, to just a great way to kick off the season. And now we got a little bit of a break. So go binge uh, drive to survive. And in two weeks, uh, we're in Italy, right? Yeah, Netflix didn't weeks. even pay us. Netflix didn't even pay us to do this, by the way. I know they, they should. should. <laughs> they should. It could be. Maybe they'll be our sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll cut, we'll be talking more F one. So so pay attention, folks. So you can you can uh, pay, play along with us all season. All right, punchable face. We got to do it. It's it's time. Come on, man. Who's got one for us? Milk. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. This is one I've been wanting to do for a few weeks now as the story has gotten worse and worse. And I will say it's a serious subject, but as a Gator fan, I always like doing any sort of punchable face that involves LSU. Uh, but if you're not familiar with the story, this is involves less miles and some sexual harassment accusations that are, are really still ongoing. Um, it goes back to a report that it was actually an internal investigation that LSU conducted in 2013 to see if they were meeting title nine standards. And, um, you know, they do this investigation and it comes out that Les miles is basically being completely inappropriate. He's like texting female students. He's asking them to go to his condo there's allegations he was kissing a student and asking, then asking her to go to a hotel room with him. Uh, he had the system where he only wanted to hire 
like really attractive blonde women to work in the athletic department. Uh, and like, if you didn't meet that criteria, you were terminated. Uh, it got so bad that after this investigation that the athletic director at LSU actually recommended that he get terminated. And what does LSU do? Well, they keep him around for another three years and eventually end up firing him in 2016, not for this, but for poor coaching that year. I think they started out like, yeah, they lost Auburn and then they, then they, they canned him. Um, but this is really bad. You know, this, they, they LSU, uh, this came out because of a lawsuit and LSU hired another law firm to kind of look into these allegations last November and kind of verified all of this. They're, they're, you know, they can't prove that, that he actually actually, that Les Miles had a sexual relationship with anybody, but I mean, it was pretty clear that he was doing some inappropriate stuff and it was even worse for the leadership of, of LSU. And, and it goes beyond Les Miles, by the way. They were basically not abiding by any Title IX standards. It was, it was just bad all around. Miles gets fired from Kansas. The Kansas athletic director resigns. Uh, and then recently, F. King Alexander, who was, the, who was currently the president at Oregon State, who was the president of LSU in 2013, um, he ended up getting, uh, well, resigning from Oregon State, although I'm pretty sure he was fired. Uh, so all around, terrible look, Les Miles, the, the, the president, the AD, uh, clearly mishandled this whole thing and, and the Title IX stuff too, you know, just not abiding by, by that. Uh, horrible story. Um, and uh, I think Less all of LSU uh, leadership at the time deserves a punch in the face. Bam. That's a good one, Milk. It's a good one. And it's a good one because you know what, people, when you see crap happening around you, stand up and do the right thing. And that's what they didn't do here. There's always going to be assholes out there, you know, who are doing stuff like Miles. But the number of people who swept it under the rug for them, to me, they're the ones who get the uppercut. Yeah. Juxtapose that guy to the beautiful tribute we saw on CBS yesterday to John Chaney and John Thompson. Yeah, exactly. Coach yeah. to make the lives of young people better. Yeah. I mean, what a bum. Yeah. House, you got one? You got a punchable? You know, um, we've all been talking some good times about the men's tournament in March Madness but I think people have read enough to know that the NCAA fumbled big time with this tournament because there's not, of course, just a men's tournament. There's a women's tournament as well. And at the outset of that tournament on March 18th, one of the coaches for Stanford, Allie Kirshner, took a picture of a single weight rack that was all the weights that were set out for the bubble in San Antonio for the women's teams participating it. It was a small little pyramid weight rack. And that, that little tweet is now up to 150,000 views. The NCAA responded immediately after that saying that COVID caused a controlled environment and that they lacked space. Well, Sedona Prince wasn't having any of that. Sedona is a forward with the Oregon women's team. 
And she said, I heard the NCAA said that we lacked space and there wasn't any room for it. So she literally took her camera, she showed that little weight rack, and then she showed all the space that was available around her. That TikTok has now been seen 3.1 million times, which I'm guessing might be more than the viewership of the Oregon-USC game late last night. It's been tweeted 623,000 times. By two days later, Steph Curry, Don Staley, many others were really criticizing the NCAA. It's so much worse. You won't believe this, guys. There, there was a variance between the men's and the women's in the swag bags. In the swag bags, they gave the women a body wash, a towel, a T-shirt, a couple water bottles, a puzzle, a scrunchie. And you won't believe this, a single tampon. <laughs> Oh, it's unbelievable. The the men's they gave several towels. The men get <laughs> several <laughs> towels, several t-shirts, hats, soaps, shampoos, deodorants, books by John Thompson, Lysol wipes, and get this: the puzzle that they gave the women. They gave the women a hundred and fifty piece puzzle. They gave the men a five hundred piece puzzle. Like seriously, who is behind this decision? <laughs> who makes who makes these decisions? Oh, well, gosh. now now. Now the NCAA said that there was a the weather between Indianapolis and San Antonio was the reason for the difference between the swag bags. But it gets worse. They gave the men to protect the safety of all these players. They gave the men PCR testing for COVID, but they only gave the women the rapid antigen test. <laughs> it's just it's it's really unbelievable. And then they they put the logo of March Madness and Big Dance on everything for the men, but they only put hashtag NCAAW or NCAA women's basketball on the women on the women's tournament. It's it's really bad. Um, and now it's getting a lot, a lot of noise. But here's the worst part of it. They have such an opportunity, first of all. Besides the fact that March is Women's History Month, so NCAA is so tone deaf over that. They have two of the best stars they've had come through NCAA women's basketball in a long time. Pictured behind me is Paige Buchers, who plays for UConn. She's a freshman who not only was freshman of the year, Big East player of the year, she's likely to be national player of the year. And she played this past weekend, the Sweet 16, against Caitlin Clark of Iowa, who's another phenom who... Apparently, this rivalry is going to be the thing to watch in women's sports for the next few years, so much so that Megan Rapino, the U.S. women's soccer phenom, is all about this rivalry now. Look, it's it's up to folks whether or not they want to turn on the channel for men's basketball or women's basketball. It's up to you whether your taste is to watch men's sports or women's sports, but as a governing body looking over student athletes. The NCAA has to have equality here. I'm sure down the road, the SMQB podcast is going to address Title IX, but it's the law to address these things fairly and evenly. The NCAA is not for the women's tournament. And for that reason, I give the NCAA governing body a punch in the face. Bam! Paige nice. Beakers is already better than Diana Taurasi at this stage of her career. She's the bomb. It just shows you what a what a uh, you know what a fraud the NCAA is, and and you know all this talk about the student athlete experience. This is a business, pure and simple, and they think like business people, which is you know just for money and profit, and that's when 
that's when people end up getting punched in the face when they lose sight of, of what this is supposed to be about and what is, what is right in sport. So paint March madness on the damn court. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, not that hard. It's not, not that hard. Complicated. <laughs> they, they saved, 350 pieces. They saved $400 on the paint, whatever <laughs> yeah. they do. Yeah. <laughs> Rooster, 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 take us out with something a little more, a little more uplifting and positive, I guess. Well, I'd like to remember Elgin Baylor, who died at age 86 recently. Uh, you know, before Dr. J and and MJ, there was Elgin Baylor, the original high flyer. Um, he was he was just awesome, but he wasn't. You know, he didn't get his recognition because it was pre um, wall to wall coverage. I mean, the guy was an eleven time All Star. He averaged nearly thirty points a game, thirteen rebounds a game, and he was just a, an amazing acrobatic player who it, you know, retired in 1971 before the Lakers won the championship. His knees just gave out on him. I remember watching him play in the 70-71 uh, um, series that the Knicks uh, lost. I think, no, the Knicks won. And he was just amazing to watch as a kid. Next year, Lakers won it. And he didn't get to all the way through the end of the year because he had to retire due to injury. And Jerry West said that his biggest regret in life was that Elgin wasn't there to win that championship with him. So pour one out for Elgin Baylor, the great, great Laker. Good one, Rooster. Good one, yeah. And listen, if for some reason Rooster was incorrect about that postseason, we apologize to Paul Miller. Please uh, forgive us. Give Suck it, Paul Miller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good show. In fact, such a good episode. I think we should come back for a bonus episode this week. Wow. How come? This, Why would we do that? Hey, this is it. This is the first bonus episode of the SMQBs. Thursday morning, wake up and get your Major League Baseball season preview. Oh, yeah. Wait, baby. Put me in coach. Put me in coach. The best day of the year, opening day, and we will be giving you a preview of everything to watch um, as the Washington Nationals defend the last real uh, World Series title. That was played. We're not counting that tournament that baseball had last Phillies year. Phillies like are currently undefeated this season. We are currently undefeated. Right. Yeah, We're all undefeated. Right. Hope springs eternal. Hope's yeah. going to be a Yankees fan by the end of the year. Uh, <laughs> I did go to a game there with y'all. I went, I went to a Yankee spring training game Friday. Boy, did they look bad. Mm. They are going to be giving, terrible. They're giving up a lot of runs this spring training. A yeah. lot. Chapman just got absolutely the, destroyed. The only thing the Yankees care about in spring training is no injuries, and that and they haven't even been able, been able to pull that off. I think it's save it for Thursday. About. Save it all, for Thursday. All they save care it for about Thursday. Twenty-five dollar beers in the stadium—that's what they care about. All right, save guys, it for Thursday. Show. Talk soon. Later. All right. See ya, Bye, guys. See ya.
sky.